Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe film, The Marvels. The Marvels. We'll be talking spoilers throughout, as always, so do proceed with caution. But before all that, Ned, Mm. I'd love to know what you've been watching since we last recorded. Well, I have... I've had time for quite a few films this week, actually. You've Uh, made time. What do you mean? Well, you've just made time. You've been quite productive with it. Oh, I've got two hours, I'm going to stick Hunger Games on, like, quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've watched both of Hunger Games Mockingjays, part one and part two, for those of you unfamiliar. Um, Because I never actually saw them the first time round, which is weird, because at the time I really enjoyed Hunger Games and... Catching Fire, so I don't know why I didn't bother with Mockingjay. I think that's just... That really doesn't me. surprise me. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I thought, well, we are seeing Ballad of Songbird and Snakes on Friday. Best squeeze in both of the Mockingjays, just sort of completed it. And I really enjoyed Mockingjays, both of them. More on what we thought of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes in a few episodes time oh is that yeah okay i'll keep quiet then Mm. um also while i was ironing this week i was in a disney movie mood so i put tarzan on i saw your star rating of tarzan yeah i'm surprised actually of how low i gave it so am i that was one of my favorites growing up i maybe might need to revisit it because yeah maybe it's not as good as i remember I was sure I've logged it on Letterboxd before, but when I went to log it, it didn't give me a star, so... Must have just been not concentrating while I was ironing. Or it didn't spark the nostalgia that some of the others do. So you give it a three star? Yeah. Three star isn't a bad rating. No, no. Well, it's six out of ten, really, isn't it? It's not that bad. No. Um, yeah. Okay. What have you watched? Telly. What's the telly? Yeah. Finished the Fall of the House of Usher, which I think I talked about a bit on our previous episode. In fact, I know I did because I listened to it the other night. Yeah. Um, and I loved how it ended. I liked it all. I would very much still be in there. If you fancy a proper Netflix binge where you want to watch the next episode straight after the one that's just finished, I would recommend it. And whilst it did come out in October, which like in time for spooky season still think it's a bit dark and spooky and scary at this time of year anyway well i think november and february to me feel like the darkest months you know that's not i know it's not like astronomically true yeah um but 
October's always like you get the tail end of warm weather, you get all the golden leaves and the clocks haven't changed yet. Then November, you've got to get used to the clocks changing, which is awful. Um, what month did you say the, the clocks haven't changed yet? February? I said October. Oh, right. Um, but no, then November feels way colder than October, so it's like the shock of the dark. Um, and all of the orange leaves turn to brown mush. Um, and then February, it's just getting towards the end of winter, and I'm just, by that point, I'm ready for spring. Give me some sunlight. Yeah. yeah. So yes, I watched that, um, and I also started Gen V on Amazon Prime. What which, is Gen V? Which is a spin-off of The Boys, the superhero oh, yeah. satire. Is that that one where somebody goes miniature and climbs inside someone's dick and then explodes it? Or yeah, something? and there was something even more shocking in one of the right. first two episodes that I've watched. Okay. Um, but I quite like it, and seeing as though we're doing a superhero film for this episode, I thought it's interesting to bring it up because I think it's... I mean, it's able to do different things with the genre because it is very much R-rated. Mm. But I do think it, it does something quite exciting and with superheroes. Mm. Um, and also kind of the world around us currently as well. So I what quite like R-rated? it. R-rated? Like 15 to 18 in this country. Oh. Um, in the UK, that is. Um, I also last night, which I haven't put on here, I did watch the first episode of The Crown, of the new. You watched it without me. I always watch Tally without you. Yeah, but I am a Crown fan. Okay. Right. Fine. Um, quite like it. Um, it's only four episodes. This part, first part, and then the final six episode is out. In December. Oh, I hate it when they do that. See, I quite like it because you get one binge done and then you can do another binge later on. Mm. Ten episodes on their own feels like a bit of a task. Whereas a four and a six okay. is not that bad. But I think I might try to finish that when I'm hungover tomorrow as well. Mm. And for reasons that we'll get to later, I am also in the mood to do start an X-Men rewatch. Are all of those available on Disney Plus yet? Because yes, I think a couple so. of years ago, I think it might have been a lockdown endeavor with Harry. We were going to watch all of them. We got like two or three in, and then the next two weren't available, and then it skipped. And we were like, "Oh, no point." Can't I'll probably that. skip the Wolverine trilogy because I recently watched Logan, and it's the best one. And the other two Wolverines aren't that great, so Didn't I'll probably really get just Logan when I watched. I'll probably it. just do. X-Men 1, 2, and 3, and then when it came to the new ones like Days okay. of Future Past, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but yes, I watched The Crown, and Elizabeth Debicki is still an absolutely phenomenal Princess Diana. Yeah. And I can't remember the actor's name, but Blair's in this one now, and it's uncanny. He even does like the intonations of, of Blair's voice. It's As really in Tony strange. Blair, Tony former Blair. British Prime Minister. Yes, yeah. And Cherie Blair as well, which, and she's great <laughs> casting. So, um, great. Yeah. Cool. That it for what we watched. That didn't feel like too much. It's because we're recording more often. Well, oh, we've yeah. got lots of lift screenings that we're not talking oh, yeah. about. And we did and... see Saltburn, but we weren't talking and about And we yeah. did see Hunger Games, and so... Hunger Games. And we're not talking Fair about enough. any of them. Fair so... enough. Fair yeah. enough. Well, what's in the news then? Tell me. Sticking with the superhero, apparently Daddy Pedro is in talks to be the MCU's Reed Richards, which is the most... Pascal, for those of you unfamiliar. Uh, 
the um the casting of this film with the Fantastic Four being such important characters to Marvel has been talked about for a while. It kind of obviously went quiet during the SAG strikes. Um, but apparently he's got the contract and he, the only thing that he hasn't signed it yet is because they need to work out scheduling, apparently. I just realised Reed Richards' superpower is stretching, isn't it? Yeah. And gays already first for Pedro Pascal. There are going to be some disgusting memes coming out later <laughs> this later in the year, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently, he just needs to work out scheduling because he is a very in-demand man. Um, he's got Gladiator Two to film. He's also got The Last of Us season two to to film. Um. I know he's in The Mandalorian, but we don't really know how much he's actually in that suit. It's probably not that much. It's probably more of a... Is he like a voice actor? He's probably more of a voice role. Um, But, you know, he's he's a busy man. And someone did, what was quite funny, is somebody did uh, a picture of Thanos, but Pedro Pascal had his face... Replace Thanos' face. Right. And then the Infinity Gauntlet was all the different franchises, his IP that he's starred in now. Okay. Because he's been in Star Wars. Yeah. DC. Yeah. He was in Wonder Woman 1984. Right. Game of Thrones. Yeah. The Last of Us. Who was he in Game of Thrones? I don't know how far you got, but you got, got killed. Three and a half seasons. Oh, shock, he got killed. Everybody gets killed in Game of Thrones. Oh, I do remember that. I yeah. can't remember his character name. For those I yeah. was trying those listening, which is everyone other than us two. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I was doing the thumbs in the eyes. Yeah, gross. Um yeah. I swear there was another another one or oh, Kingsman as well. So he's done quite a lot of IPs. Might need to rewatch Kingsman. I love the Kingsman films. So do I actually. And the King's Man. Yeah. That was we enjoyed that. That's in the third one, which well, is a prequel. Prequel scene no. Spin off, prequel, whatever. Yeah. Um but yes, he's done a lot now. Very so, nice. He's not got many many massive franchises he can do. Not many more pies to put his fingers in. Apart from mine. Oh. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. Oh, mate. Oh, yeah. Okay. What a time we've had. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's... Oh, did... yeah, the what? news is, that's what I will say. Oh, right. I don't always want to be like, latest MCU casting, latest this, but I'm finding that since the strikes, the big studios seem to have got into... Casting announcements. Like, again. getting the work, getting the furnaces going quicker than yeah. some of the smart witches to be. Don't but I do know. try to look for a bit more of a varied source of news and bits but unfortunately it's the the big ips that tend to you've just got to report the news as it happens king as any responsible journalist would thank you uh, that was me just putting my notes shuffling down. your paper yeah uh what a time we've had again okay but now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of tv film film I wish you would update that. <laughs> it's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. What have we got this week? We have got the latest 
in the Sony, the SSU, Sony's Spider-Man universe, where it's very strange that we've got Spider-Man villains, but no Spider-Man. So, you know, this is the latest in the Venom, Venom 2, Morbius ilk. Oh, okay. And this one is Madam Web, which is out in February, and it stars Dakota Johnson um, as the titular character. I love that word, titular. Titular, you're going to get lip, lips around that as well. Um, so, yeah, we will go now and watch the trailer. Um Pause this if you want to watch along. Links in the show notes, and we'll see you after the sparkles. God, how fast that! What did you think of that? So I watched this for the first time during this week when it came out, and I quite liked it then. But I don't really like it. I think I feel it's like got... these films are just designed to be like I don't. And I know every film doesn't have to have a point in it, but to have Spider-Man villains without Spider-Man is, like, strange in the first place. And then... Well, yeah, I suppose so. I don't really get what they're trying to do. The trailer looks to be very messy. It wasn't giving me, like... uh, much by way of a clear plot. Yeah. So we've you know got Dakota I mean? Johnson as the titular Madame Webb, um, who seems to be able to see into the future. And then she's got them three... Three... Teenage girl acquaintances. Which... Are all interconnected somehow. One of which is Sydney Sweeney, who I do like. Ah, I recognise her. the White Lotus. Yeah. Um, so, um, very female-driven... But then at some points they were in spider suits. Mm. Don't know. No, me neither. It's like, go- it- I feel like I am not necessarily expecting a bad film from it. But it's not the best trailer I've ever seen in my life. No. I mean, so if we look at the... Um, what am I talking about? If we look at the SSU so far, Venom made a lot of money. Is it is SSU a real thing, or have you just made Sony Spider Man Universe? Yeah, yeah. Um, Venom made a lot of money. Then Venom let there be carnage dropped down quite substantially. Morbius was a flop. Mm. Um, I feel like I can see. This flopping quite a When's bit. When's it out? February. Hmm. Valentine's Day, I think. Okay. We're meant to be getting three SSU films next year as well. Madam Web, Craven the Hunter, which we've already seen the trailer for, but got pushed back. Okay. And then Venom 3. Right. Um, Just don't see... It's a it's it's a trash for me. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, Gosh. it could. I, I guess the trailer probably could just have been 
re- like cut in a different way. Yeah, I don't mean because I remember trash. the Morbius trailers being quite yeah. good. But by trash, I don't mean I'm expecting the film to necessarily be crap. No, but the trailer just was um, a bit thrown together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. You're right. Right. Um, and now for this week's headline feature, the Marvels coming up after this quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Marvels. The Marvels. The Marvels. Have you got a synopsis? Of course I have. Go on then. Okay. When Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau accidentally touch these funny-looking jump points that have been popping (laughs) up all over the place... (laughs) You sound like Babs. (laughs) ...their powers become intertwined. The bad force creating them is coming from the sister wrist brace of the one that Kamala Khan's grandma gave to her. The three must learn to share their power as they try to quell the vengeful endeavours of an angry Cree. An angry Cree? I had to Google to make sure that she was actually a Cree because I got a bit she lost. She is a Cree. You, you are correct. Yeah. So what were your initial thoughts on this one then? I had a quite good time watching it actually. I was entertained for the 100 minute run time see so was i and i think a lot of it is to do with a pretty short run time yeah like it gets in it gets on with what it wants to do bish bash bosh and it wraps up really nicely i think the plot is held up by our charismatic leads yeah um I think the plot, mm, I feel like it almost does, like, what have we currently got on the board in the MCU, right? We've got multiverse, so we might need to talk about that somewhere. Yeah. We've got Miss Marvel wanting to be, is obsessed with Captain Marvel, and they're going to meet. And it's kind of like, it doesn't necessarily feel like a sequel, to Captain Marvel. No, and I've got a thought about this. It's more like, how do we move it on a bit, but not too too much? It's like, is this film just designed for us to spend some time with these characters? Yeah. So, I think that if you wanted to write a Captain, uh, yeah, Captain Marvel sequel, 
it should have been about why this planet of Kree call her the Annihilator. Like that this would have made, I mean. it's that all... would have made such a good superhero yeah. film, yeah. and would have set up for this really well, which itself feels like it's leading us towards something. I think because we missed one chapter, a lot of people don't really seem to care about this villain, which isn't really what you want from a villain. Like it makes the stakes feel too. I low. mean, Marvel does have a problem with villains. It does, and this There's is not the many about it. that are good. And I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that, unfortunately, a lot of them are like, they're in in one film, they're done, they're dead. Yeah. So you can't really... The ones that have done well are the ones that have kind of been across multiple films. So Thanos, although Killmonger in Black Panther was pretty much one and done, and he was quite a good villain. I thought Um, he was in the second one, wasn't he? Only as like flashbacks. Oh, okay. In that celestial realm thing that Shuri went to. Um so yeah, I just think it that's where it just falls apart and it where when I get to star racing later it's it's too there's too much not explored and the plot is quite yeah. like they've pulled different elements and not really seamlessly pulled like yeah. put a thread through them all. I think um what it was trying to tell about Captain Marvel's time away from Earth was really quite an important thing to think of. And if it had told it slightly better and we'd have had a Captain Marvel sequel pre the Marvels, um, it would have made the villain make more sense. And this villain could have been like the conclusion to the point that you can't just remove one bad thing and expect everything to be okay because there are lots and lots of knock-on effects and implications. What I mean by that is basically this villain's origin seems to be she's mad because Captain Marvel destroyed the superintelligence that was, like, looking after the Kree's civilization. Yeah. But that started to go a bit wrong, so Captain Marvel tried to prevent... tried to stop that going wrong by destroying the superintelligence and then everything about their civilization fell apart. And the Cree Civil War is a massive thing which, as well, which, which means is it kind of made such a good film. Yeah. It's like I guess they probably had to explain where she's been. Yeah, but why didn't they make a film about that? And then they wouldn't have had to explain where she's been. This villain played by Zowie Ashton could have would have made a lot more like immediate sense. Um and the stakes would have felt kind of a bit higher, I think. Well, and actually, in the first few minutes of this, my eyes started to roll a bit, because I know you also talk about how, like, they're quite formulaic, these Marvel films. An opening scene with the villain somewhere yeah. is done so much now. <laughs> it's like, right, Quantumania started like that with Michelle Pfeiffer finding Kang in the quantum realm. yeah. Thor and Thunder started like that with uh, Gore, the, the the God Butcher. It's like, can we not? Can we start a film a different a different way? And then, luckily, I get my palate refreshed by when I look back and think of Guardians Three, how that was a, a good start where yeah. they were all together. We're we're getting reacquainted yeah. with. But I just and I also think on that opening scene, actually, the opening scene was the, was the opening scene. 
a flashback to Rocket. Oh, and Guardians, oh, yeah. No, no mean... but this, I was just like, oh, God, right, they've got to find the thing. We're seeing the villain straight away. But the reason I was like... that... I think the trouble with this one as well, if you blink and miss that first scene, the rest of the film, it makes no sense why Kamala Khan is even involved. Because the only reason Kamala's um, powers get intertwined with... Captain Marvel and Monica Rambo's is because the jump point that they're both like that's fucking weird and touch was made by the that, other bangle by the other bangle. I know, and I so thought that was quite of, like if you just show like as well. yeah a scene of um Kamala Khan at home like what the fuck is happening to my bangle after we've already seen. Monica and Captain Marvel, and then gone to the scene with the villain finding the other bangle, it might make a bit more sense or something like that. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think but screenplay me... writing might be in yet. Not for Marvel anyway no. in the future. But it's too I get compli- what you mean. It's just too complicated. Like a sequel to Captain Marvel. I'm, I don't think I can get over that. We're just missing the Captain Marvel sequel, just, which sorry, set this just film to up. pull the curtain back. Just be careful wobbling the table because that's when our mic things fall out sometimes. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they haven't, have they? No. Okay. Good. Uh, but yeah, I found this is where you are seeing that there's different things going on within the MCU as well because. The Nick Fury that we've got in this is so different to the Nick Fury in Secret Invasion. I can't even begin. Like, not just he was going through something else, which he was, but it's a totally different character. I can't like, comment. I know, but Never it was just... And, it. like, he's on Sabre, which is that space station where we last saw... Do you remember, was it the end of Division where the squirrel pointed upwards and was, like, to Monica Rambo and said he wants to see you? I think it was. I um so, yeah, I mean, I don't... How the powers intertwined was a bit of a reach at times, but I'm glad they did because I do think it, it led on to some really inventive action yeah. um, that I really enjoyed. I think the training montage where they're actually getting to grips with what it looks like properly, because the first one is like they're all just in shock that every time they use the powers to fly, some, like they're off well, somewhere else. Well, and also, else. it feels really inconsistent at first, and I'm really glad that it one does. of them was like, ah, we have to use our powers at the same time. Yes, I did. I was like, because, hang on, Carol's yeah. flying there, but yeah. she's not moving. Yeah, I needed, I needed that explaining. Yeah. Especially I've now seen this twice, and I did notice that even more that, hang on, it's they're not changing every time one yeah. of them. It's they have to be using it at the same time. But I did, yeah, as I said, that 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 kind of um, montage, the training montage where they do the different bits. It was quite funny when yeah. Kamala wouldn't jump into the skipping rope. She was like, "Hang on, hang on, no, I don't that want to." Training um, montage was so much fun. Mm. Definitely a highlight of the film for me. I could have even done with like maybe five more minutes of it. Really? Yeah, because. I think that the team didn't quite feel gelled enough for the rest of it yet. I wanted them to get to know each other more because by the time we get to the end, um, 
I didn't really feel as much as I wanted to feel by the, you know, about the conclusion. Yeah, I get what you mean. No well, mean. actually, towards the end when they don't, they're not swapping anymore. I didn't really get how that was over. Um, the villain died. Yeah. And then they were like, and then Carol goes to think she's going to swap. And she doesn't. And Monica and Kamala say, oh, we're not entangled anymore. I was like, why? Well, because the person that made it happen died. But I didn't think it was it. It was the bangles, and the bangles were still there. That's what I didn't really understand. Yeah, but the bangles are magic, aren't they? <laughs> this is like, yes, but this, yes, but like, yes, I guess yeah. you can go along with it at any yeah. point, but it didn't quite, didn't quite work for yeah. me. Yeah, I think that's one of those elements where you just have to sort of, if you want to enjoy it, try not to question it too much. Yeah. Um feel like this is a good point potentially to talk about our three main characters individually as well yeah um i mean i really don't want to start anywhere else but aman valani's kamala khan who obviously we saw in miss marvel which is a show that charming as ever yeah i mean it's a show that started well but i think it really lost its way which i think a lot of the marvel tv shows have done but what I did like is when she was introduced, how comic-y it was. There was even the elements in the bits, you know, like the comic elements around her mm. again. Like, and I, and I always remember that was really strong in the first episode. Yeah. And, and then, then it kind, kind of... of gone, didn't it? But even when she was, ex- they used her writing a comic yeah. to explain kind of where she's at in a headspace. Not necessarily what's happened to her, but how she's obsessed with it was a really nice it was a really really nice way to introduce um kamala khan into this film and i think it was done in a way that is good enough that you don't have to have watched miss marvel to really get it as long as you're quite happy to just take some of the stuff that they say as fact. I think that's basically... I always remember when Disney Plus shows first started, it was like, you don't have to see them, but you will feel... You'll get more from it if you do. You'll get to know the characters And I think that's, like, a perfect example for Kamala Khan. Yeah. I love her her family. I think her mother and dad are just fantastic as well. Yeah. And just... So much fun. That cat is podgy. <laughs> um, um, oh, that's another thing. I really liked the use of flurkins here. Yes. Lots and lots of them, and it was really fun. Yeah. Um, and proved to be quite an important plot device as well. <laughs> they did. <laughs> um, I didn't... Talking about do we need to see the Disney Plus show... I think you'd be more confused by Monica Rambeau's character, Tayona Paris. Well... I mean, it showed you. She said quite a few times, I got my powers by walking through a witch's hex. And if I'd not seen WandaVision... In fact, before I remembered that that was what she was referring to, I I didn't make the connection with WandaVision. And I was quite happy to go along with it. To be honest. Mm. 
just the assumption that I've not met this character yet, but they still exist with power. But you have though, because you've well, met her in Captain Marvel. And then Marvel. she said it, and then I was like, oh yes, I do remember that. That's what I mean. It's like we met her as a youngster in Captain Marvel. Then something has happened to her in another part of the the universe in a TV show that is probably the highlight so far of the Disney Plus shows for me. Um, and then she's gone. And then she's back, and there's this whole story that hasn't really been explained. I mean, and I it just does think enough. It, it hand waves, yeah. I think. And but... I think it does enough hand waving that you know where where she came from and how she got here. And with yeah, that, but... if I. The thing is, if I complain too much that we don't know Monica Rambo well enough from just this film, it means we'd have to put the runtime up to like. 130 minutes and I don't want 130 Not minutes. necessarily. I think write the film that doesn't need you to do that or craft the, the universe where you don't need... I personally mm. think that you really need to have... No, I'll tell you how I word it. Word it. This film had to use flashbacks yeah not just from captain marvel yeah but also wandavision yeah and i think that is a symptom of it's got too big yeah. for its boot like people yeah. can no longer follow maybe the thing where, that the where we're at with things development should start to do is have the tv shows as you don't need to have watched this for the films to still be really good yeah and the characters they introduce in films either need to have like their own franchise within it or if they're introduced as part of a team that kind of team forming needs to be their origin story well i think marvel then are... you'd get to know yeah, them all properly i think marvel are on to this because echo which is coming out in january who is a character that we met in hawkeye is going to be the first Marvel Studios TV show to debut on Hulu and to receive a mature rating. And it will also be the first under what they're calling a Marvel Spotlight banner. So when you... When it... You know when the Marvel logo comes up? It, that'll be a different logo. That'll say Marvel Spotlight. And I think it'll also almost be like, you can come in, you can really enjoy the show, but it's not going to be something that's necessary for mm. the wider MCU. And I think maybe what they might be realising is do completely almost separate stories on streaming mm. and keep the main... Keep the universe Keep the universe the on the... Fi- because that will then make the films feel like an event again. Because yeah. I don't think they feel like an event when you've got Marvel on... You've got... Miss, uh, God, I can't hit the Marvels and then Loki season two finale coming out on the exact same day. Mm. Like every time Marvel used to release a film, I was beyond excited. One, because you knew that they were going to be of a certain quality, which unfortunately we're not yeah. really at anymore. But also just like, yeah, like <laughs> what is... It's become too much of a machine. It has. Churning away. Rather than an art and a craft that it once was and that it had the potential to be. But yeah, I'd be very happy if most of the shows ended up being like a 
almost like a standalone universe. Yeah. Because I do think Loki, WandaVision, like, well, actually, most of the show, what shows have they done so far? The, the shows would do well to reference the films, but I think when the films reference the shows, it starts to fall apart. So do I. Yeah. I agree. So let's move on to Captain Marvel then. Mm. Um, I really like how Brie Larson plays this role. She's quite... And I think up against, especially Kamala Khan, mm. you realise quite how serious and straight she is. Yeah. Um, and I think she does it. I think she does it very well. Um, and I like her a lot. There's not much more to oh. say than that. Yeah. Um, we did talk about the villain. I do think Darben as a villain wasn't particularly great. Well, the thing is, once, once her like motivation came clear i kind of wasn't not on her side well i think that's as far as she's concerned the best villains are but well then why wasn't she a very good villain i just think it was a bit plain yeah not very well written and i actually think like Zoe Ashton is a phenomenal actress, mm. and I think the script did her a massive injustice as well. Oh, yeah, she didn't have too much to work with, really. No, she didn't. Um, but, yeah. I, do, I You know, I do think it, it did different things as well, this film. I mean, for God's sake, it had a planet that was everyone's song, which oh, I think... Oh, and that planet, so funny that Captain Marvel's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, I'm kind of famous here. And Kamala uh, Khan's what... like, um, I don't know if you're aware, but you're kind of famous everywhere. <laughs> and then it turns out she's actually like the princess of this planet, which is hilarious. Yes. A planet in which everybody the sings. The language is singing. Which, don't think about it too much, because they're still singing in English. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, she's are they like, technically if different singing, languages? It's <laughs> like, oh, he's bilingual. I was like, uh... <laughs> One he's speaking and one he's singing. I don't, don't think that's quite it. bilingual. Don't but yes, it was it. quite fun. Um, and it was a creative swing that I didn't expect from it. But what I liked about it is, again, Kamala Khan, like, dancing along. Like, yeah. and she was like, why aren't you dancing? Why aren't you dancing? Like, oh, she's so sweet. She's yeah. so great. Do you know that um, Iman Vellani is actually writing a Miss Marvel comic as well? Uh, no, but I'm not even remotely surprised because no, I, I have seen the way Aman Vellani talks about comic books and she is clearly a big fan. And one thing's really fucking me off as well, actually. It's like there's people like, oh, how boring is that that she's fawning over Captain Marvel? Like, when is this going to end kind of thing? Right, I'm going to talk about Spider-Man, who yeah. in the MCU is obsessed with Tony Stark. Yeah. And is very similar, except one's like a more masculine representation of fawning and one's a more feminine interpretation. Guess where people have got a problem with it? Mm. Like, yes. There is definitely an an issue with young women and girls. Definitely passes the Bechdel test, though. Oh, 100%. There's a hell of a lot of women in this film. Girl power team, I am absolutely here for it. Because the, only real, so the only real male... I mean, we've got Nick Fury. <laughs> when her mum calls him... Nicholas. Nicholas. <laughs> so it's just Nick. It's just Fury. Uh, oh, yeah, it's just Fury. It's just, Nicholas has said, like, this. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. 
Um, the yeah. only male characters we've got Nick Fury, we've got Kamala's, um, Kamala's dad and brother. A few scrolls, which. A couple of scrolls um, and a couple of like scientists on the Avengers. There, on on Saber, there was you, a yeah. really bad actress on Saber. There was two like main science main sciencey people. Yeah. That we follow a couple of times. Yeah. And I couldn't she was oh she was making Was me she cringe. the one that was running away from the Flurkins? I mean they all were in the I end, know, but like but... it really focused on her for some reason. Yeah. And something about her, I was like, you look like you've just been pulled off. You look like you're reading the script. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was another bold thing. So, obviously, Saber is in trouble. They all have to go. Yeah. But Goose has been pregnant. And there's the laying of the eggs, which they aren't sure where these things have come from. There's loads of them, turns out. They are... Flurking eggs, we get loads of kittens, and then there's kind of this whole thing where, right, we've only got a couple of pods left to get all these people off, we're going to swallow everybody, the flurking's going to go around and eat everyone temporarily, Yeah. Um, so they can be transported. Again, the science doesn't really work, because where do they go when they're not digesting them? I just shrink them. I think them. that that has been explained before. Has it? I feel like it has something to do with Flurkins. Because Goose swallowed the Tesseract at one point, yeah. didn't he? Um, but yeah, and to have a song from Cat's memory playing over that sequence again is quite another <laughs> that was so bold funny. swing <laughs> from Camp, the film. I think. Yeah, I was just like, that. is Camp. this happening? Um, but yeah, it was fun. And yes. I don't really have much else now other than let's get towards the the final. Is that happy with you? Yeah, I'm good with the Oh, one thing I will say, I will say that this film has been delayed a few times. And at points, I don't know if it's because they had more time, but I thought the VFX were very good. And then there was a few bits where I was like, oh, that looks a bit... I can see the the green screen kind of thing. Um, But there were parts of it that were actually... Very good. Yeah. There's one bit where I always... And it always, always takes me out the film. They were on the planet... Is it Aldana? The singing planet? Oh, yeah. When they said it, I thought they were... They just, like, rejumbled the letters of Atlanta. And I was like... <laughs> of Atlantis, even. Oh. And, uh, I was going to say, was probably like, a lot oh, of this God, wasn't... Might very, have been filmed in Atlanta. Not very imaginative. But then when it spelled it out on the screen, it wasn't. But there was Aldana when they were going up the elevator thing yeah oh that was bad green screen i was like the lighting's off the composition's off (laughs) you can tell that they're obviously not on this planet but you shouldn't be able to tell yeah um so yeah i thought maybe we do just get better vfx if they do just get a bit more time with them so maybe come on marvel stop changing chopping and changing things too much all Mm. the time um okay so we get to the final so a lot of this film is that dar ben is wanting to bring back to life the cree home planet of somewhere by harla so she's took the atmosphere from a squirrel planet yeah she wants the water from aldana yeah and then funnily enough she she wants wants the sun from the sun from earth and our universe our galaxy galaxy 
What's all of them? All the planets. Solar system. Solar system. Um, so, yeah. So, she wants the sun. So, she opens the wormhole, starts to suck the sun out. I'm trying to explain. She takes Kamala's bangle. Why does she do that? So, she needs Kamala's bangle to make the jump point wormhole thing stable. The reason that they're all cropping up all over the place and they're unstable, which is why it's Oh, it's because she's only got one. she's only got the one. Ah, right, okay. And she's, like, charging it up with her hammer thing. Yeah, the summit of summit that... Yeah, had a really shit name. Yeah, whatever. Um, Which is why she needed Kamala's bangle. And then, for some reason, she gets Kamala's bangle, uses it, and dies. Yeah. And then, for some other reason, Kamala can do the same thing. And it's so fine. Mm. So, they... She... uh, Darben, when she actually... But this is what I don't understand. She's used two to try and stabilise them. Yeah. But what she hasn't done, she hasn't stabilised something. Instead of just creating a wormhole to go from one place of a galaxy to another, she's opened the multiverse port, like a multiversal portal. Uh, And that's what I don't really quite understand. Is that where the sun was going into the multiverse? No. I'm lost now then. She opened one portal the sun, to get the sun yeah. with one band. Yeah. Then she wanted to do something else with the with the two of them. Oh, yeah. But in that, she doesn't stabilise it. She creates... She, like, cracks the space-time, yeah. whatever. So, anyway, anyway... I don't know. That's too intricate yeah, for me she to really dies. Want to pick right now. Um, she ruptures a hole in the multiverse. Kamala whole, claims the bands she and Dan... Just before we jump ahead, though, oh. that whole battle scene... I don't think that they fully utilised the, like, three of It was over a bit power. quick, wasn't it? Like, they did. They weren't as coordinated as I thought, like, the team of the century could be. It was still as messy as if it was their first battle after the training montage. Yeah, I get what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been, like, really sharp and really, like... I thought it was a bit everything. sharper. It was really creative, and I did yeah. enjoy it. But I just, I don't think it, like, took it to the level I wanted it to. And then it was over. So, that's all I wanted to say on that. Anyway, go Yeah, it was point. over a bit quick. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, Kamala reclaims the bands once Darben dies. They use her combined powers now with Carol to energise Rambo. Because throughout the film, we're finding out more and more about Rambo's powers. And she can kind She's of like absorb how to do it, light energy, she? can't she? Yeah. So she can then use that energy to close the portal from the other side. But instead of getting back to our universe quickly before the end, she kind of doesn't sacrifice herself. She's not going to die, but she is going to be trapped in another universe, which is actually quite a sad end to the film yeah um kamala comes back to earth her mum and dad are very happy to see her all that kind of stuff danvers carol flies off to halla to use her powers to restore their son which is another thing if that's all she needed to do from the very start why couldn't she have done it she didn't realize 
she's not. She didn't realise she could do it. She still wasn't sure she could do it. And then Monica right. says to her, I've done loads okay. of things in the last 24 hours that I've I never done. I think I could so, do it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So that's how the film ends. Now, what's quite interesting about this is it doesn't have two post-credit scenes. Um, it has like a almost Return of the King kind of, oh, you think the film's finished? No, it's not. So it's like a pre-credit scene. Yeah. And then a mid-credit scene. Yeah, so the pre-credit scene is Kamala Khan visiting Kate Bishop. Um, yeah. Looking to form some sort of what appears to be the Young Avengers. Now, what is very funny is she is channeling Tony Stark at this point, stood yeah. in the shadows um, when he says he wants to bring together a team. But she does it in a very Kamala way where she's like, there's only me and you so far. I've heard Ant-Man's got a daughter. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So who knows where that's going? Because ideally, when, we talk, when we've talked about Disney Plus and films, ideally, I think that should be a film. Oh, I hope so. Because if it's a Disney Plus show, it's like, oh, God. It'll like, be just another wasted opportunity yeah. to introduce new good characters to the MCU that mm. would help further the story. Because since the Avengers all disbanded, we've not really had, like, something to care about. We need them all back, we don't need, we? We need to rally around a team of great superheroes, all with their own interesting things to bring to the table. So in my head, I think she might end up being like the leader of this iteration of the Young Avengers. Mm. We'll have her... People have been saying Young Avengers for, for ages, ages and nothing has happened. This is the first time two people have met I know. of the same generation. But it didn't take long for them to start flirting with the idea of the Avengers and then for us to get an Avengers film, though. Okay, fair enough. But I think, so who could we have? We could have <clears throat> these two. Cassie Lang. Yeah. Wiccan and Speed. Yeah. Who are... Thingy's twins. Who were in WandaVision. Wanda. Wanda's twins. Wanda's twins. Um, there was a little Hulk in something. See, I think Spider-Man's too old, old now. Yeah. Yeah, now he's in college. Yeah. Mind you, isn't um, Kate Bishop college age? Yeah, I feel like Spider-Man might be... I think it's probably to do with the rights because he's still owned by Sony and they could oh, pull okay. him at any point. Yeah. But I think maybe he might, like, straddle young and old and kind of bring the two teams together. Fair enough. Um, There was a young Hulk somewhere in She-Hulk. There was Thor's adopted oh. daughter. Love. Yeah. No, thanks. Okay. I don't. I would hope that we never see her. Oh my god! Speaking again. of Thor, we totally just brushed over the fact that Valkyrie appeared for like two minutes in this. I was going to leave that to the gaydar for a reason, but yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then the mid credits mid credit scene is a bit of the. So I had to explain this to Ned. Shall I explain it to the listeners as well for the people that aren't the MCU? Go for it. Oh. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, Rambo awakes in a parallel universe where she is greeted by an alternative, alternate vision. Oh God, version of her mother, Maria, mm. who I'm loving that Lashana Lynch is back because I love her, and I, even if she's just back for a little bit, mm. obsessed. Big but fan. 
she is, whether it's in the X-Men universe that we have known or it's a different one, we've got Maria, who is binary, who in the comics, and this is planted quite early in the film because Carol says to Monica, it should have been... Oh, no. Oh, God. Carol says to... What's Thingy's mum called? Monica. Maria Rambo. Maria Rambo. In a flashback, you should have been the person that got the powers. Now, in the comics, Binary is a different version of Captain Captain Marvel. Marvel. So that's why we've got her. And then we also have the super scientist, Hank McCoy, played by, uh, well, voiced by Kelsey Grammer, who is Beast, and he was originally in X-Men The Last Stand and then X-Men Days of Future Past. So we're starting to see the realities colliding. Yeah. My theory is that we're building towards Secret Wars, which is where a big incursion happens and different versions of different uh different versions of different superheroes fight each other, blah blah blah. Okay. That'll almost be like a soft reboot of the MCU. And then we move ahead primarily with Fantastic Four and a new right. version of X-Men. But this is what I think is happening. I think they're going to use all the older X-Men's, X-Men as like a final swan song to them, for, to all the Fox universe. And then we'll move forward with something else after after okay. that. So I, heard it here first, I quite liked the, the both. To be honest, I just yeah. there's been quite a few post credit scenes now where I'm like I get excited for something and then I think are we ever seeing this ever again? I'm talking Harry Styles in at the end of Eternals. Where's he? Shang Chi, where Captain Marvel and the Hulk were talking to him about something that was another bracelet that was. Oh yeah. Where's all this going? <laughs> like, there's a lot that's been teased that I think Marvel are like, what the hell are we doing? Mm. Um, so we're floundering. And this film, I think, will be a massive course correction because the budget of this was £275 million, which is fucking mad. Like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Where did they do this? Like, The Hunger Games last night, £100 million. Wasn't that dissimilar, surely, from a VFX point of view? No. It's mad. I don't know what they do. I think what it's was like... the Flower Moon? Budget? 200 and forty million of that went to Leo. Well, supposedly, yeah. I mean, Apparently. Brie Larson will be amply paid for yeah. for this as well. But I don't know what they do with this money. I don't know where it like show me it on the screen. Nearly three hundred million for a one hour forty minute film. Like, yeah. And unfortunately, at the minute it's only made not even one hundred and twenty million worldwide yet, and it's been out for more oh, than a week. So annoying. Do you want to talk about that? Like, it, it, it's opening weekend in the US and the world was the lowest well, I think MCU there are, film. And we're talking like... There are multiple factors at play here. Yeah. There is late stage capitalism causing widespread strikes, which meant that promotion was <laughs> shit. Yes. There is also um, pervasive um, sexism and racism involved in this because it's a... Black female director, Maya da Costa. Yes. Yeah. And we've got like an all female superhero team 
And fandoms are toxic places when you have something so big. And I think people love a bandwagon. I think people have started to get a a whiff that the the MCU might be faltering. But, like, yes, I've been up... I haven't enjoyed some of the, the, the films and the shows of late, and I've got a bit of fatigue. But, like, that's not that I want it to falter. It's that I want it to get back to... I want to be really excited yeah, like, about these All of these again. criticisms that we give are not because we're happy to see it fail. It's because we love when it succeeds and we need somebody somewhere to listen to good ideas when they come their way. Like, like, not to toot me own horn. <laughs> <laughs> but like literally, I want to have that feeling again yeah. of going to the midnight showing of Avengers Endgame and be like, this is going to yeah. be fantastic. Like, and... Even if Avengers Secret Wars was coming out next yeah. year, I would be very nervous about what yeah. and Avengers I think looks like. So The combination of those factors, the strikes and people's prejudice, means that the production companies have not been able to control the narrative in any way around mm. this film. And so the internet has just taken what they want and run with it. Um and it's a sorry state of affairs, if I'm honest. Yeah. Oh. Star rating? So, I feel like unpicking this film doesn't do it, do it any favours. I watched it and I was really, really entertained and I gave it three and a half stars because I think, yeah, solid. And then we've gone into it and because we've been talking loads and loads about it, I've got, there are too many things that I couldn't quite talk my way around. And I feel like it sounds like I didn't enjoy it as much as I did. So I'm keeping it at three and a half. I get what you mean. But like, I would urge people to watch it and enjoy it and then probably just leave it until we have to pick up with whatever they do next. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it, this is what I said. It's very much buoyed by the charisma of the lead in three. Yeah. And some really cool action sequences. Yeah. Don't look a bit like don't really look much don't more. try to pull the curtain back no um like i gave it three and a half and i've seen it again and i enjoyed it probably it almost like maybe even a bit more the second time because i mm. knew what i was i wasn't picking it i was just yeah just enjoy it and yeah, yeah. but okay well, now let's unsheath the gear half. You've not got it again. Um, it's a wonderful piece of machinery devised by Ned's own hand, and we use it to rank all the films and TV we discuss based on their LGBTQ plus appeal. Let's see where, let's say where the gear ranks the Marvels. Oh, I've listened to a couple of episodes right the way through to the gays arc. Sometimes I skip it because I'm like, we've just had this conversation. <gasps> um, but I love that noise when it comes through my headphones. It's like ASMR. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is the gay jar saying? So we've got another mid-tabler here. Okay. Um, gayer than Chicken Run. <laughs> I love how these <laughs> films get put next to each other. Uh Ever so slightly not quite as gay as Elemental. I disagree with the gay da. Where would you put it? I'd go above Elemental. Would you go above Asteroid City? I can't remember. Was there any gay characters in Asteroid City? Or was it just because it was camping, Wes Anderson? No, I think there was. What's above Asteroid City? Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Definitely not as gay as that. I'd put it between... 
Asteroid City and Spider-Man. Mm. I could and see an the argument, reason why... I could see an argument for a more than elemental, but I think Asteroid City was slightly more... We love women. We love representation. We love all to see all that in film. Yeah. And this is why I left it. In the comics, Valkyrie and Captain Marvel are a bit of a thing at times. Oh. And again, of course, they weren't over with it because heaven forbid they had any bit of lesbianism in any bit of same-sex romance in a film that was already had its rainbow mafia. You know what I mean? I'm trying to say if they'd have included that, people would have gone, like, the trolls, would have, their heads would have exploded. I mean, but the trolls I don't already care, have but, lost like, their shit about it. Do you know it, what I so, mean? Yeah. So, but I did feel like if you sat there, A, knowing what I know about the characters, but also if you're a bit, if you are queer, you can see some little, little... I didn't get that remotely. Did you not? No. you not think they looked a bit... I also... Lovey-dovey? Forgot until a few minutes ago when I mentioned it that Valkyrie had even appeared. Oh, I love Valkyrie. So do I. Um, Apart from in Thor, Love and Thunder, but I didn't like anybody in that. No. But yeah, I I personally felt like that was a bit queer-coded. And I would like if okay. Marvel gets its full confidence back that they would explore that a little bit further. Yeah, I'd quite like a little bit more for the gays. I don't think we're... I don't know who could be. Wiccan? Don't know. He's um, Joe Locke's playing him, and I think that could be... I'll have to ask Harry about it, because he's red. I mean, a lot of the X-Men... So a lot of the X-Men Marvel. have had gay characters before, so if they don't start pulling that in, it's like, what mm. are you doing? Like, yeah. especially X-Men. The whole yeah. thing's about civil rights and, yeah. you know, so... Yeah. Right, well... And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, slash X. We are at Gaze on Film Pod, and check out our Letterboxd accounts, links of which are in the show notes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. <laughs> I've been Declan. And I've been Ned. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.